0: Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Where there is mystery, there is also margin. That's a famous saying in our technology business. You've heard it a million times probably. I know I've said it a million times and. In- presentations over the years, and frankly, you know, maybe one of the most overused tripe, you know, th- that we use in this, in this business, but if there is ever a case where deep mystery exists around a legitimate technology opportunity, blockchain would probably be at the top of that list, and as you will soon learn, blockchain does not equal Bitcoin, even though you may think it does. My name is Gary Bixler, and this is your CompTIA BizTech podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by our emerging technology community, and so I would like to welcome in the manager of that community, Mr. Adam Pru. Adam, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Gary. I love uh, love, uh, our our weekly check-ins, it seems like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've been doing a lot of these. So that's because you've got some great, uh, compelling content and guests, and we've done a great job of... Kind of pulling in some things that are at least, you know, very interesting to me for sure. Before we kind of get into that, you know, you and I always chat a little sports and it's interesting. Yeah. We've had kind of a flurry of finishes here. Obviously we had the the Lakers hosting the, the trophy and now last week, you know, the uh, Dodgers, you know, not wanting to be outdone by their crosstown compatriots, you know, finished off the, the world series. It was interesting uh, that that World Series happened in Texas. I'm a, a, a Rangers fan, so I thought it was pretty sad commentary that early on they were talking about in this COVID world, where are we going to have the World Series? And they thought, wow, well, Texas has this big, shiny new stadium, and there's no way they're going to be in it, so we'll just use their stadium. <laughs> Like, how sad is that?
1: Yeah, so, unfortunately, I think earlier in the season, it was kind of the writing was on the wall that they weren't going to be hosting. Right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty <laughs> safe scheduling uh, bet for them. So yeah. it, it worked out. But yeah, I thought it was so fitting that that World Series game six, you know, the game ended with a, a little bit of a surreal 2020 COVID moment with Justin Turner being pulled from the game mid game. Yeah. Uh, f- for a COVID test.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it, it just kind of, to your point, it just kind of seemed fitting in this world we live in now, at least this year, it just kind of seemed like what else can 2020 throw at us? And of course, you know, you have someone breaking protocol and procedures and I get it. I mean, I have no idea what it's like to win a world series. I never will know, but yeah. I know you want to celebrate with your pals and your teammates, but
0: come on, Uh, man. Well, honestly, I don't even really criticize him for coming out for the celebration afterwards. I know that's what a lot of the focus is, but for for our listeners that aren't familiar with the incident, Justin Turner is the all-star third baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers who won the World Series. And in the seventh inning, he didn't come back out to his position and they had pulled him because he had tested positive for COVID during the game, apparently, which they're not even supposed to be tested during the game. So I can't wait to hear what the backstory is about how this worked out. Did he come in in the sixth inning and say, you know, I'm not feeling so great. You know, maybe I should yeah. be tested. I can't imagine a player in any game, much less a world series game saying that, but we'll, we'll find out someday, but it's just so darn, you know, 2020 yeah. as is blockchain. So yes. How's, how's yeah. That for a, Awkward transition uh, into our um, into our topic. So, uh, you know, as as for chipping away at the mystery that is blockchain, I think this discussion does a great job. Um, so, but the interesting thing, as much as we talk about the um, kind of the mystery around blockchain, you know, you also have to put the uh, the margin piece in it. For that phrase, there's mystery and. Or where there's mystery, there's margin. For that to be true, there has to be margin on the other end. So we'll start talking today about uh, the mystery and maybe even a little bit of the opportunity for those that you know kind of get in this business. But uh, I think there's probably more meat on the bone here. We may have to go into a round two to get it all in.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and and Gary to that exact point. Um, speaking with Debbie and learning so much about blockchain, you know, it really is a powerful, innovative database. Uh, you know, of technology, you know, for, for transparent and permanent data keeping. Um, And, and I think it's really gained a lot of steam and momentum this year, sort of being catapulted almost into the mainstream, into the limelight. Um, So, so really that's what, that's what Debbie and I were speaking about during this, uh, during this podcast, we explore the uses of blockchain, busting common myths, um, the you know the way the technology uh, it, it it can work and how you can you as an MSP can use it in your business to accelerate uh, accelerate excuse me um, uh, you really your business with this technology so
0: yeah outstanding so I'm definitely excited about this one and it's great to have Debbie who is a member of our yeah. Comptia blockchain advisory council uh, as our special guest today so why don't you introduce Debbie and kick us off
1: sounds good thanks Gary.
0: Debbie, welcome, and
1: thank you for joining us today at this Q3 MTech Community uh, meeting uh, and sort of a podcast in the, same, in the same vein. So thank you for joining. My pleasure. Thanks for Hello. having me. Hey, our pleasure having you here. Uh, I noticed the shirt. I really uh, I like the CompTIA shirt. Nice little touch. It's
2: brand new. I proudly wear it.
1: <laughs> hey, there you go. I got, I got mine here from last year too. And I also noticed the little, uh, what is that? A little B as a pin on your...
2: It is. It's, is an, IBM, it's an IBM B equal pin, and it's okay. our pin for diversity and inclusion. Um, So IBM is really trying to make sure that there's a really strong focus around being inclusive of LGBT plus minorities, women, um, any any community. Everybody has skills and capabilities and that's the most important thing.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. So we do have quite the challenge today. We are attempting, well we will, it's not even an attempt. We are going to explain exactly what blockchain is in under fifteen minutes today. And we're going to explain it in a way that makes sense to even folks, including myself, that have no idea what blockchain is. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give it the best attempt we can, but I know that we're gonna really nail this thing. So that being said, without further ado. Let's just jump right in. You ready? I'm ready. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure most of the folks on the line have heard something similar to, to this explanation of what blockchain is. It's a digital database containing information such as records or financial transactions that can be simultaneously used and shared within a large decentralized public accessible network. Quite the definition. It's a mouthful. I hope everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope everyone got that. So, and, and, you know, and, and because of everything that, that we've just heard, um, you might automatically think like, oh, I've heard blockchain before, and oh, I, you know, I think cryptocurrency, I think, I, think, I think Bitcoin. But what really is blockchain? How is it used? So fair question, right? That's why we're here. There we go. <laughs> um, so let's start with
2: Bitcoin first. Um, so the reason why everybody thinks about Bitcoin or Bitcoin equals blockchain, and by the way, blockchain does not equal Bitcoin per se okay. is that it was the very first blockchain deployment that was widely known. Uh, you know, it, it is Bitcoin is a use case of cryptocurrency built on blockchain technology, and because that was right. kind of first out of the gate, you know, first impressions are always indelible. So um, I think that's why it really sticks for people. But as this technology got tested and utilized and, and has started to mature over the last several years. Um, there are so many more use cases way beyond that and again, cryptocurrency Bitcoin is just one example of a blockchain so when we talk about blockchain, you know people think about you know isn 't it just a database isn 't it just a distributed ledger and and where we kind of differentiate is um, that a database or a ledger you know people can get access to it change things the idea about blockchain is imagine i always try to think about like when we were kids we made those paper kind of chains you know sure. they looked like this and you had a whole yeah. chain of it so <laughs> each link of that paper chain is like a block and each okay. block is like a value um, and that value could be specific information or the value of something and think of it as you know, something is going from point A to point Z and each chain link or each block has kind of where it's going along the way to get to where it needs to go. And, and what differentiates blockchain from a regular ledger is that it's, it's um, recorded and immutable. In other words, that everybody that has to see that information sees it as it gets recorded and it's, it's permanently there. So it's that immutability that can make that information trustworthy and transparent to everybody that needs to see that information.
1: Gotcha. That no, no, abso- These, for absolutely. For starters, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think that's great. So, so big misconception then is Bitcoin equals blockchain. Um, so, with the tech, so as this technology is matured, um, what other industries is blockchain relevant to? You know, outside of sort of the the, te- the tech industry.
2: Yeah, um, it's really. Growing all the time. Uh, there are use cases um, in food trust, of course. That's one of our, you know, big ones. We love to talk about because everybody can relate to wanting to have safe food to eat. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> sure. so uh, we could talk more about that too. The Walmart food case, uh, food trust case that we started, and that's really grown into other areas and other clients, other networks, um, diamonds, um, digital rights management, um, finance networks, anything involving supply chain. Um, even financial inclusivity, uh, verifying traceability, track and traceability of anything, truly anything. And there's examples that we could talk about in terms of um, oil and gas, plastic that's been collected to be recycled. Um, even shareholder voting uh, is something that's being used on blockchain by one of our um, business partners oh. who put together a solution. So
1: everyone's so- a gamut. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the questions I hear, had here was what other uses for blockchain are there? And I guess it's kind of anything and everything, it seems like. It is, especially with the whole COVID-19 situation
2: that, you know, the whole world is dealing with. Um, I feel like blockchain has really been elevated in terms of what it can provide right now. Sure. Um, so a couple of examples of that is we actually were building with a partner called Chainyard a, a trust-your-supplier network. And luckily we had been working on this in the past year before covid hit Mm -hmm. and so it was really great that we could very quickly you know pivot that network capability to address the situation that was going on with all the supply chain challenges and shortages so trust your supplier is is about a network where you know buyers and suppliers join the network together there's a lot of vetting that goes on in terms of being part of that network and it makes it easier once they've kind of been pre-vetted and they're on the network. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows if they go to their procurement department, um, even a company like ours, it typically probably takes at least 30 to 45 days, maybe longer with some organizations to onboard a new supplier because of all the you know, checks and balances you want to have. You want to make right. sure that who you're working with has really been vetted and uh, trusted, all the things that come into play, right, from compliance and regulatory aspects. So what's really great about this network is that once buyers and suppliers are on, you know, there's a certain amount of vetting that's just kind of like been done. So you right. might be on the network and need, you know, some PPE or ventilators. And if, you know, somebody you've never used before is on that network and you can see them, you can get, you know, access to that supply hopefully much more quickly, you know, in a, in a critical situation. Right. So that's been a great example. Um, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and another one that we um, did is we, did, we collaborated with a company called Hasera to create something called the MiPasa Network. And this okay. was about verifiable trusted data sources all around the COVID crisis, right? So we were all hearing different information all the time, whether it's on the news or other places. And what, when it comes down to it, the experts really need to make sure that there is verifiable trusted data that's being shared. Um, and as decisions are being made, you know, how do you get all that data you know, tried, true, trusted without any errors or in, you know, inconsistencies? Right. So the idea of that network was to really take um, you know, key information from the CDC and other you know, key constituencies to get all that data put together and get it verifiable and shared, uh, you know, as appropriate. So things like that just really came up um, during this COVID crisis that right, I think absolutely. is very, very relevant.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so so is, is blockchain better than traditional databases then? Uh, you know, just kind of back to the point where everyone on there is, is sort of tried and tested and trued and, and they've kind of gone through a vetting process.
2: Yeah, I mean, in truth, um, if somebody's trying to decide whether to use a traditional database or blockchain uh, it it really they should kind of figure out if that's needed or not i wouldn't say that blockchain's always the answer um it's going to depend on what the need is it always has to come back to what problem are you trying to solve sure right so um in fact i'm part of the CompTIA blockchain advisory council and we've put together uh, a matrix that kind of helps people go through that decision chain, that decision okay. matrix. And it asks questions like, is there a need for a persistent historical transaction record? You know, something that you, you know, always need to have easily there to go back to. Do multiple parties need to be able to access the data or even audit the data you know are there contractual relationships and value exchange that needs to be managed again multiple parties that need to come together uh, in a fashion where things are just without a doubt, you know, things been tampered with, right. And it's in those situations that, you know, when the answer starts to become yes to those questions, then blockchain is definitely worth exploring beyond
1: a traditional database. Right, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned the matrix because you can find that in the chat box. We're going to post that as, as we're speaking now. So we, we absolutely um, could, will yeah good little uh, drop there so um so d- does a co- so how does a company decide to go with blockchain? and you kind of you know already touched on this, but you know how do they decide to or when do they decide to go with blockchain rather than you know sticking with the spreadsheets and databases and you know sort of the same old traditional thing that we've all been used to, i guess.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I'd say, first of all, we know that there's a lot of inertia out there. And that's, you know, not surprising, especially when it's an emerging technology, um, right. people are nervous. Um, and uh, IBM has an Institute for Business Value that's done uh, a, significant, a significant amount of research. They interviewed over 1,600 organizations across eight industries to kind of understand the friction points, you know, for different companies. And, you know, part of it is, you know you know, information, right? good data information is so important. So, yes. you know, when decision-making is impeded by inaccurate, misleading, or incomplete information, you know, that's a problem, right? So if you right. want to overcome that barrier, you know, this could be helpful. <laughs> Another one is just the interactions between information and different business entities. You know, uh, when information, again, is so critical, when it has to be not only accurate, but timely. Yes. And then a third area is this, you know, openness to innovation and when you have legacy systems um, or bureaucratic processes or really just more um regulatory Mm -hmm. industries have that bigger leap i'd say to to take that chance to innovate and adopt kind of you know something new so i think that's really all part of the picture that we need to understand when it comes to blockchain um but other than that like i was saying before it's really important to say you know, what problem are we trying to solve? Can blockchain do it for me? So in the case of food trust, you know, I mentioned briefly before, you know, yeah. Walmart started, you know, our our food, you know, with us, our food trust network. And, and again, we're so proud of many other, you know, similar food trust use cases that are out there right now for blockchain. But in that particular case, think about it, right? We've all been on that fear end of, oh my God, did I buy the romaine lettuce? That's, you know, <laughs> got the E. coli.
1: Yeah, exa- <laughs> sure.
2: So this is really transforming um, that whole industry in terms of helping consumers to feel so relieved to know that there's an ability to go and track, track and trace that bad supply. What used to take Oh God, I don't know, days or weeks into like now literally like minutes, you know, wow. like, or, you know, seconds, probably at this point that, you know, because they've really set up the process to really, you know, track everything. You know, they know who the suppliers are from, you know, from the farm to where it's been, been transported to when it gets on the shelf before right. you go and buy it. So um, that ability is, is so transformative, right? It's, it's, it's incredible. And so now that it's been done and it's been tracked and, you know, verified and tested, and we know it works, um, you know, it's, they're trying, they're starting to expand it to, you know, other food lines, you know, so it started out with lettuce, it's been done with mangoes, it's being done with, with peppers, you know, and, and, and and now coffee beans and, and all kinds of other, um, foods. So the food supply, um, is, is something, again, very relatable to all of us, very critical and there was definitely a need. And by the way, that industry, you know, when you think about it, you know, and I've heard, you know, some of our clients tell us this is a lot of the industry is still very much not digitized. Right, mm-hmm. so, so that's like the first leap, right? Going from, you know, farmers who are just trying to keep, you know, their livelihoods going and their yeah. farms running and with all the challenges that we have with, you know, client you know challenges and other kinds of things going on you know to to have to figure out how to go digitize their business is like almost like the first leap because you have to be digitized to kind of be part of this this tracking process certainly so and that's again it's it's a it's a big transformative you know journey that we're all on right now and then once that starts to take hold then there's other aspects of the whole you know grocery space you know market you know that 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 can be added in there when it comes to, you know, supply chain management and the food safety and, right. you know, all of that, right. The, yeah. it, it just bleeds into other areas that help us as a community, you know, as, as a world to, you know, run things better, more efficiently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure those, those sort of, those markets are almost maybe self-identifying at this point where it's like, Hey, well, if this worked in again, like food supply, this can work. in you know, X, Y, Z, I don't, I don't know, but I'm sure, I'm sure that's happening. At,
2: yeah. At and I'd point. say that, Um, Sorry, (laughs) I would say that another really key point about this is when there's a blockchain, you know, process involved, it leads to more responsibility on the parts of the different people who are part of that network, you know, whether it's the farmer or the, you know, the guy transporting the goods or the grocery store, right? Everybody who's part of that chain has to step up to the plate. To be more responsible and careful in terms of the trusted data that they want to put on that blockchain because guess what once it's reported there you can't go change it i guess permanent. you could go put an update but it's really important right that in order for everything to really work properly is that it's really you know entered there so it's, it's it it almost becomes blockchain becomes an enabler to drive better behavior better responsibility Better business, better customer experiences. Oh, I like that. I like that. And here's,
1: <laughs> you know, here's me thinking it's just for cryptocurrency. This is completely past that at this point. So, you know, so many companies are looking at blockchain. You know, they're, they're stuck on how to measure the value. What, what coaching would you provide to to this audience?
2: It's a good question, um, and I think part of the reason why this question does come up is because people assume that blockchain is expensive and i can 't say it 's expensive or it 's not expensive, right You have to again take that step back, which is saying is what are the needs, what are the business needs, what things need to be fixed, and if you can run things more efficiently and you know reduce errors, reduce problems it 's going to save money over time it 's going to be more efficient, so there might be some initial upfront investment, but again, depending on the client situation, right, every situation is different, right? There might be infrastructure there that can just be, you know, updated, you know, and utilized, or it might meet, you know, need to be, you know, built more. Um, So I would just say that one size does not fit all, and the value will depend on the individual use case um, and the pain points that are trying to be tackled. Um, And I'd say that over over the course of time, um, I think that people who are utilizing blockchain are seeing that it will mitigate risks, um, open up new business potential, new opportunities and save costs.
1: Love that, love that. Um, so might, might go a little lightning round here, uh, you know, at this point. Um, is is all data put on the blockchain, is it public? You know, there are public
2: blockchains and there are private blockchains. Okay, um, okay. And so it's important that any data that goes on Especially a public blockchain uh, is something that, you know, shouldn't have private data. You know, again, because once it's out there, it's out there. there, Um, So typically, there's something called a hash, which represents kind of like a string of characters. I'm not that techie, but but (laughs) (laughs) but it represents or ties back to data that is confidentially held elsewhere. But it's kind of like a representation of. The verifiable piece of information that's represented on that blockchain. I hope I said that right. No,
1: no. no, no. no. Okay, <laughs> so well, just, no, well, just so I understood it. So, if you have a, if you have a private, um, I, I, I guess if you're sorry, if you're if you're on a public blockchain, yeah. but you want to make reference to something private, that's where that hash comes in. Is that did I get did I yeah? It, it that kind right? of
2: represents um, it represents a piece of information, and so it, okay. it's kind of like a, an identifier without revealing the confidential aspects in a public forum. Right,
1: and it's all still trusted because everyone's been verified and who's ever on that network is is good to go. So you can trust that data knowing that whatever is in that hash or that, that private info it's trusted.
2: That's the way it should be designed. Hey,
1: yeah. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I love it. Okay. Um I, you know, obviously, hey, that's a good segue into the, I, you don't need an advanced degree to know anything about blockchain. I mean, we've been talking 12 minutes and I'm like, okay, I think I'm starting to understand this.
2: Yeah, you know, you don't need an advanced degree in crypto cryptography right. or
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um there's a lot of tools out there uh, you know, to to assist anybody who wants to kind of learn more about it. Um and I'd say that if somebody wants to get involved in blockchain, you know, uh, from a skills perspective, being a problem solver is is really key. You know, it's really understanding again the business aspects that have to come into into play. Tech literacy certainly helps, <laughs> um, but it's not the only thing. Um, and I'd say you know, data is so critical here, right? So it's kind of like that being a problem solver, understanding kind of the tech landscape and and you know, data analysis that kind of piece things together. Um, from an IBM perspective the way you know we're trying to help people is look we we helped you know write the code you know for hyperledger fabric the open source uh, we were you know key contributors to that so we really support you know that whole notion so we're really all about educating people about blockchain so we actually have um a few things that i would point to and again we could put that in the chat you know for sure. people to go back and reference but we have a ibm blockchain foundation developer course that's free and people who take it can earn a badge it's, you know part of the acclaim badge system and um that course leverages um, tutorials that we have on our public IBM blockchain pages for things that leverage like VS code, um, which um, is you know, a really good way for people to kind of really play with the technology. And oh, cool. I'd say that uh, another really new, new thing that's newly available is um, of course, Red Hat is part of IBM. And IBM blockchain platform is now in the Red Hat marketplace. And we have a brand new free 30-day trial available in that marketplace. So I would encourage awesome. people who want to kind of get their their feet wet um, to go out there. Uh, it's a self-serve experience to go in, in and download it um, and get that free 30-day trial. And oh, by the way, I, I meant to mention before, is we have a great IBM um, uh, asset that we put out called Blockchain for Dummies. And I did read that when I started to work on blockchain.
1: I wanted to call this session that, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, we can we can marry the two together. We, sure. we can make that asset available for everybody. <laughs> you can get your own personal download. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can have all those descriptions and all those links ready to rock for uh, for the folks on the line here. Uh, just a couple more things to go because I know yeah. we're running out of time, and we promise to do this in fifteen minutes. Um, you mentioned this before, but is blockchain immutable and unhackable? Like, can anyone get into this, or is, I mean, you know? cybersecurity is like a big thing now. Well, not a big thing now, but...
2: Yeah. So blockchains are immutable uh, and therefore unhackable uh, in the sense that once a transaction is committed to the chain, it cannot be changed. Um, So, um, you know, we talked before about, you know, know, public blockchains, things like that. Mm -hmm. Usually what I've heard is that, you know, any hacks or issues have been things that were compromised before they got submitted. It's like, you know, bad data in, bad data out kind of thing. Sure. So any vulnerabilities, um, you know, would be happening, I'd say off of the blockchain, not within the blockchain. So, you know, just by its nature, you know, the fact that it's decentralized, you know, and, and all the different players, you know, kind of come together and there's a, there is a cryptographic algorithm that makes it immune to attack, you know, that it can't be changed once it's oh, wow. there, is what should make hacking a blockchain really close to
1: impossible. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Think, things you learn. Um, <laughs> is is blockchain better than traditional databases? Did we already talk about that one? We did.
2: Yeah, we we, we did. We talked a little bit
1: about. We'll that. edit that guy out. Yeah. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> uh, okay. Let's jump here. Uh, what are some different ways to engage and accelerate your business with blockchain? I'm sure there's a lot of folks in the line now thinking, "Hey, you know, I've really been interested. I really want to get involved, but I don't know how. What do I do?"
2: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, a few things. Again, you know, it's thinking about. What problem are you trying to solve? And then I would, you know, have people actually literally look at that blockchain decision matrix that we've got, you know, on our, right. on our CompTIA site um, to look at that, you know, is blockchain right for me, you know, could, could a database, for example, you know, serve that need. Um, and then we also have a Mythbusters infographic that we've put out there uh, very recently um, that also kind of helps to, you know bunk some of the perceptions, um, some of which we've been talking through in this in this chat, so sure. hopefully we've debunked some of the myths that are kind of floating out there, but then it's also like the opportunities to engage. Vary, you know, so if somebody wants to join an existing blockchain, you know, they can see, you know, we've got a lot of networks posted on our site, you know, there's other ones out there as well, you know, they can look at existing networks that exist, as opposed to trying to build one from scratch and see if that existing network is something that they can literally just join like, like the trusted oh. supplier network that we have, you know, buyers and suppliers can join that. And it just helps really connecting organizations together, right? So, so there's ways to join existing networks, and that's a great okay. supply chain one. Um, they could work with one of our business partners or a business partner out there to build a specific solution to fit their needs um, or, or build a network, you know, um, build a brand new network. And so, you know, what, what I, I love to quote, we have some great leadership, and I love to quote, um, you know, Arvind Krishna. Uh, who's our IBM CEO he says yeah. the only way to lead in today's ever-changing marketplace is to constantly innovate according to what our clients want and need so again it's thinking about what are those needs and yeah. the same way the internet evolved we like to kind of compare some of these disruptive technologies to what we've had before you know like, you know the internet was revolu- revolutionary to communication and information sharing you know and blockchain is revolutionary to help businesses to you know address a lot of their needs um you know and and i'm hoping that that kind of you know will help people to kind of get beyond the inertia we talked about a little bit earlier and 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 consider some of those possibilities
1: right absolutely absolutely i hope so too Um, so last question here um this is a little bit of a plug, but, you know, hey, we need to get the info- information out there. So, so there is an on-demand webinar that you mentioned earlier that IBM presented, yeah. um, which you participated in. I would absolutely encourage everyone on this line to go visit uh, after the session, of course. Yeah. Um, but that goes into further detail, like you said. It, it busts myths. It kind of deep dives into the info. Um, are those links available? Can we provide these for the, for the folks? Is that, I hate- is that-
2: Happy to share that. Absolutely, um, it's available on demand. Um, okay. Again, we'll put it in in the chat. It's IBM.biz forward slash. Well, we'll do. We'll put it in. Well, anyway. well, yeah,
1: well, <laughs> I'm sure it's um, coming across the screen right now. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, we we talk about literally like different myths, things that we've heard people think and say out there for me talking to partners and clients, I put that together with my team. So we talk about what is myth versus what is fact. We talk about what blockchain can or can't do. We have like a little fun quiz that people kind of do with us on the screen. Cool. Um, and we talk about, you know, kind of like the anatomy of a blockchain, like literally what is it, how does it work? You know, we get a little bit geeky, but not too far deepy into the geekiness. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think that that really helps. And then, you know, for business partners who are out there who want to get started, you know, I point to some of the key, you know, tools that I've put together um, that we have available to help them get started. We have a, a skills roadmap uh, that, you know, we've got that course I mentioned before, but, you know, other resources and places that they can go. And my favorite thing is use cases. Um, yes. You know, I, could, I could talk forever. And, and that's my favorite thing because I think the thing that helps people to really understand blockchain is beyond what we've talked about even today, is when you start to read and see some of the use cases, and I'll give you two links, you know, that we share for that as well. I think that's where it really starts to gel for people to say, oh, you know, like, I get it now, you know. Um, And I'll steal a couple more minutes here really quick is like Plastic Bank is one of my clients and Cognition Foundry is a business partner that I've worked closely with who put together a solution. This is where we keep um, plastic bottles out of the ocean and they pay people in the poorest neighborhoods where the most plastic goes into the ocean Money to collect the plastic, so we use blockchain in two two pieces here. One is to track the plastic that the people have collected and the money that the digital currency that they earn that okay. they could cash out for you know food and clothing and things that they need by earning a living so it 's a financial inclusivity story, and the cool. other piece is the plastic that gets collected is bought by large corporations who then recycle it and use it in their manufacturing line so the Excellent. blockchain solution helps to kind of track and trace that, you know, verifiable, that this was, you know, socially collected plastic. So there's stories like that, that just kind of blow your mind, like, you yeah. know, that you wouldn't have thought about before, um, that we could just go on and on about.
1: Absolutely. I, we're going to make sure that we share those links as well. So, so everyone, like you said, what better, what better way to learn about this than through an actual use case and, and like, sort of like a live testimonial of, of companies that have actually put this into play. So um, I know we're out of time, but Debbie, I, I can't thank you enough for the time. I truly appreciate you being here. It's, it's such a pleasure always chatting with you.
2: Adam, it's a pleasure too. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me.
1: Talk to you soon.
0: Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech Podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing and liking the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.